Welcome to Winning the Inner Game. This is Colton Lindsay. All right, guys, it's Colton Lindsay here with winningtheinnergame.com. Today we've got a fantastic guest for you, Mr. Rodney Mills out of Salt Lake City, Utah. Rodney Mills, welcome to the Winning Series Interviews. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Thank you. Good. <laughs> he just cut a haircut uh, yesterday. No, two days ago, right? Brand new haircut. Yep. Cut it myself. <laughs> so, Rodney, um, before we get started, maybe just take a second to tell people a little bit about your story, where you're from, what your brokerage is, and your contact information. So, if anyone would like to send you any referrals. So, I'm uh, currently with Keller Williams, Utah Realtors, and my Gmail is, or sorry, my email is uh, rmills.homesales at gmail.com. Um, I've been in real estate for, for just a couple of years now and came up through the call center world and landed in real estate. But yeah, I'm happy to be here and it's, it's been a big change for my family. It's been fantastic. Nice. So you, you came through the call center world. Tell us what you mean by that. So, uh, uh, through college, I went and worked in the call center. So I was doing uh, call center calls, uh, doing health insurance, uh, managed a team there, absolutely hated my job, hated operations management, and uh, really hated corporate America. Um, did it for a few years and just found uh, that and being in college that I was just never going to be happy with either of those results. So you hated uh, working for the man is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah, I just wasn't happy. I wasn't happy uh, not being my own boss and really determining my own potential and my own value. What what uh, what what was the company you were working for before you were in real estate? What was it called? It was called C three. C three. And so, what was a day to day operation like with C three in a nutshell? So I'd go in there. I had a team of about twenty five people that reported to me. Uh, they took various calls, anything from sales to customer service to uh, just basic health insurance enrollment. And uh, so I just had to hire and uh, manage that team, did a lot of firing, did a lot of recruiting, did a lot of just uh, the corporate stuff that uh, just is a grind every single day. So you were in the grind on the phone though, right? Because you were running uh, a call center. And were you actually on the phone or were you just managing a team on the phone? I just managed a team on the phone. So I sat back at a desk and just did one-on-one -on -one interviews every day to determine who was going to be fired, who wasn't, what we needed to pay them, that kind of stuff. With managing that number of people on the phones, what was the difference between the person that was successful on the phones with, with what you were doing and the person that was not successful? You know, that was the difficult part because operations would change their strategy every day. And sometimes it was being on time. Sometimes it was sales. Sometimes it was the most calls taken in a day. So that was the frustrating thing is not even I knew at, from a coaching standpoint, you know, what operations wanted every single day. What, what would you have seen as in, in Rodney Mills eyes determined as success in that position? You know, I think the people who did the best on my team were people who just came and gave it gave it an honest shot every day, did their best, worked on their metrics. I've always been about production and numbers. So anybody who really made an honest effort to hit their metrics every day were, uh, were superstars in my eyes. Well, that's one thing I learned a long time ago with with coaching with Bob Leffler and Fearless Agent. I, you know, really picked this up when I – I'd coach with Bruce Keith. I've coached with you know James O'Talling, and and all of the coaches I've ever worked with have you track your numbers, right? Really focus on those key metrics. Maybe tell us, Rodney, and now shifting to the real estate world, what are some of the key metrics that you measure uh, for your business? So every single day, I, I count a few things. I count contacts made. I count hours prospected. I count appointments set. I count appointments gone on because those four key factors are going to heavily, uh, they heavily paint the picture for how many contracts that I get with listings and buyers. So those are the four things I count every day so that I can help myself better determine how many listing contracts I'm going to take with buyers and sellers in the future. Awesome. So to you viewers watching, key metrics are the essential numbers that if you track them and measure them over time, you create a predictable and duplicatable business. 
and you can also pinpoint where do you need to improve in, right? If you've got a lot of contacts to appointment set ratio, it's probably something in your prospect and you need to improve either a skill set or a listening skill or, or a tonality or something, right? You can kind of pinpoint it. If it's you're getting a lot of appointments but you're not getting on a lot, it's probably a pre-qualification issue. Or if you're getting on a lot of appointments that are pre-qualified and not getting them signed, it's probably a presentation issue. Is that pretty fair assumption, Rodney? Yep, that's exactly what I try to do. I try to mark those things every day so that I know if, uh, if it's my calls in the office or my presentations in the home that's keeping me from helping people you know, really reach their dreams. Yeah, and what I like best about Rodney is he dressed up today just for this interview. Is it just for this interview or do you got some appointments today? You know, I don't. I uh, I wanted to be ready to, to rock and roll, and I learned that I I always present and I always do better when I dress for success, and so I try to whenever I can. Nice, perfect. I have found that Saturday is like the one day. Sometimes Friday afternoons, the time that I can actually not be dressed up. So that is why I am wearing my fantastic orange shirt and hat. Nice. How how long have you been in real estate now? I started in January 1 of 2013, so about two years and three or four months now. Two years. Wow. And what, what brought you into real estate? Well, my dad's been a real estate agent my whole life, and uh, he has sold commercial real estate. So I saw really quickly what uh, owning your own real estate uh, business can do for the family. And so I got my license to, to, to really just do what my dad did. And uh, with the market being as bad as it was, I started knocking doors and, and hunting down short sale deals for myself just as an, as an investor. And uh, that's kind of where the light came on. And I thought, hey, I should do this every day for other people. Awesome. So I just want to take a time out for all the viewers that have logged in or started logging in and watching. Um, if you are on the page that I sent out to my invite list uh, I would like you to go just below and in the comments section you can ask any questions right there. We'll get to those. If you happen to be watching this through the actual Google Hangout feed, I have turned on the question section there as well so you can post questions along the way and we will get to those at the end of the interview. Um, so first year in real estate, tell us about that. What, what was it like for you the first 12 months? First 12 months, I really didn't have a ton of direction. Um, I hit my friends and family a ton. I did a lot of door knocking and a lot of cold calling. And uh, I didn't have a ton of direction, like I said, though. I, I did close a lot of business. I got lucky with a lot of people. But uh, it really just came down to just working every single day. Um, I wish I would have known then what I know now because I realized how much more business I could have done. But I just gave it an honest effort, and it really turned out a lot better than I thought it would. How many deals did you do your first 12 months? I did 28 deals my first calendar year. And that was, if I remember right, a lot more buyers than sellers? Right, yeah. That year I closed, I think, 19 buyers. And I think I only did, no, I think it was more. I think I did 20 or 21 buyer deals, and I only closed seven or eight listing deals. Okay. And so I was homes 12 hours a day. So you were working a lot, right? What did that equate to as far as gross commission income? Gross commissions, I did 161000 that year. So your first 12 months, you did $161,000, right? Yep. yep. Wow. So a lot of you guys email me, send me a message on Facebook. You call in, you ask me about coaching programs and this and that and the other. But there's one key ingredient that every person I've ever interviewed, any top producer has, and that is the ability to go to work and, and work hard and give it your honest approach every single day. Would you say that you found yourself ever in your two years of business lying to yourself, Rodney, or cheating yourself on what you think you're doing, which you're really not doing? You ever found yourself doing that? Yeah, absolutely, especially that first year. You know, that first year I was in an office where there was a lot of hanging out. There wasn't as much actual phone prospecting or schedule time. And so because I had such a big buyer's pipeline of family and friends, you know, I wasted a lot of time in the office and just chatted and went to title lunches and went and met loan officers. And that whole time I thought, you know what, this is what the key, this is, this is key to being a top performer. It's going to lunches. It's wasting time with these people who really don't care to help make me money. Sure. And uh, so, man, if I could do that first year over again, man, oh yeah, I wasted so much time that year. 
So you you would have worked even more, is what you're saying. Oh, yeah. yeah. More, more effectively and more efficiently is probably what you're saying, right? Absolutely. Year two. Uh, so 2013 was your first full year. You went into 2014. What was your production level that year? So in my second my second year in the business, I closed 30 deals. Okay. And it equated to the same amount of commissions, $160,000 gross. But the beautiful thing about it is my second year, I wanted to work a lot less. I wanted to spend a lot more time with my family because I missed that in 2013. So my second year, I actually closed 16 sellers or list uh, seller listings, and I only worked on 14 buyer deals. And so I had a lot more time with my family from 5 o'clock to 10 o'clock p.m. at night. So you earned as much and you worked significantly less, right? Exactly. So that's what um, the whole reason – I started winningbeinnergame.com is to help people gather that mindset of living the life that you want, living the life that you deserve. And it all starts with what's going on up in, in your brain right here. Have you noticed that it is a mental battle, an inner game challenge in, in this business that you're in? Oh, absolutely. Every day. I think you can, you can let what people tell you on the phones or on the doorsteps affect how you feel, uh, the, you know, the level of value you bring. And uh, so you you do you, you've all you've always got to be putting good healthy things into your mind to help remind you that you are making a difference because the whole world out there wants to tell you you're not. Yeah. Oh yeah. You'll hear a lot more no's than you will yes. How how quickly can that emotion change in your day? Can you go from being stoked and excited to being frustrated and just like down on on your luck? Oh yeah, it happens quick. You know, uh, deals fall apart. Uh, you have clients that don't appreciate you, and it is. It is. It can be super easy to get down on your luck. Um, I, I just think that's what makes it so important to be reading good books, to be listening to good audio, to be doing things in your off time, your exercising, your sleep schedule. All of those things are going to help you feel like a winner when everybody else wants to tell you you're not. And the real, what I found. When my attitude's right, I win a lot more on real estate than when my attitude's wrong, even when I'm doing the same two things with both attitudes. Sure. So how do you – well, it's just like prospecting. You've probably noticed this when, when you're in the zone versus not in the zone. You ever prospected when you just didn't want to and your, your energy was low and you were kind of negative? How are your results during that type of prospecting? Not a lot of appointments, typically. A <laughs> lot of back conversations. Yeah, and but the, the flip side, when you're in that zone, when you're just feeling good, you're feeling positive. You've you've got that service type attitude where you're going out to help someone. How is your your success during that time frame? It's great. It seems like almost every two or three people I talk to, I put somebody in the database for a follow up phone call or for a listing I might take six months down the road. So it's fair to say that you will have a lot of ups and downs in this business. The question is, is how do you flip from a down to an up faster, right? How do you stay in the ups more often? What do you do when you're presented with those challenges? Um, I think uh, reading books has been powerful for me. I've got books in my home office. I've got books at my work office. And, uh, and I do. I take a lot of breaks during the day and I read uh, some of the powerful things I read what agents are writing who are closing uh, 150 deals a year, 200, 300 deals a year. There's a lot of content out there. There's a lot of great YouTube videos. There's a lot of great motivational stuff. And if you can buy into those ideas, into the positivity that people are putting out there, uh, that, that, that's what I personally do. Whether it's a 10-minute prospecting video that I'll watch on YouTube to get me back in the game or a book that I'll read or something like that. So obviously mindset is, is extremely important in, in flipping that switch and, and getting positive really quickly. What about, um, and, and I know you, cause you're, you're a religious fellow. What, 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 tell us about your spirituality and how that intertwines with as a business person and, and what you do. Well, religion's important. I, I, I'm guessing that a lot of, uh, you know, religion's important to a lot of us. Um, uh, at, at the at the funda at the fundamentals of, of everything I do in my life, uh, my family and my relationship with God are, are extremely important to me. I, I do spend a lot of time on Sundays away from the business and church, and that's another thing that helps me. 
um, having those commitments out of the business to do things that are right uh, spiritually and, and of course with my family is just another key ingredient. And I think that's one thing I, I like a lot about you and even a lot of people that I've come to know in this business, you know, AJ might is one, uh, Joe Reardon, who I'm interviewing in two weeks. Um, you know, James Hotaling, I, having worked with him a lot, you know, he, he talks about the importance of family, right? And I know that there are some coaching programs out there that, um, you know, the, 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 the main guy, they've been divorced several times, right? A lot of the top producing students been divorced several times. Not to say there's anything wrong with being divorced. However, I, I want to have a strong family as much as possible, right? And, and that's what I kind of I like about you is you're really family oriented. And sometimes you probably run into this problem, right? Where we're working so hard and so much and we say it that we're doing it for our family. Have you ever caught yourself up with that, that little trap? Sure. And what I've found is I'm not really doing it for my family. I'm doing it for myself and I'm saying it's for my family. Really for my family would be, you know, spending time in the sandbox with my daughter or like you, you sent me a message yesterday, right? What was that message you texted me about? You were home doing something with your, with your boys. What were you doing? Uh, well, on Fridays, uh, my wife likes to get away for a few hours every Friday and have some personal time. So usually a Friday is at two or three o'clock. I'll come home from the office. And yesterday, I was home with my four-year-old watching hockey highlights on YouTube on the big screen. He likes to sit down and watch ball games with me. So uh, I, I think that stuff's important, uh, you know, spending time with the family. But, yeah, I, yeah every Friday, uh, 3 o'clock, that's what you can typically find me doing. <laughs> so what was different, though, about this Friday around 3 or 4 o'clock when you were watching hockey highlights versus – the last few Fridays, you were probably home with your family, but something different was happening this Friday. What was it? Yeah. So uh, on Wednesday of this week, for the first time in my career, I actually brought on an assistant to actually help manage my office because I got tired of burning 12 and 13 hour days. And so yesterday when I was home working from two to four, I had somebody taking care of my business. My phone wasn't ringing. My assistant's phone was ringing as opposed to two or three weeks ago when I was home with my family, I really wasn't with them. You know, I had my phone, I had my laptop up, I had my, my email. I can't remember one thing my kid told me two weeks ago on Friday, as opposed to yesterday, I've got videos to show for it. You know, we watched all the hockey highlights from the whole week. So uh, my life's changed dramatically in the last three days just because I've made the investment to bring somebody on to help me. How, how long had you resisted that change with you and your business? <laughs> Well, I've been role playing with uh, with my coach. I, I coach as well with James Hotaling and and as well with you, Colton. And I, I think we've been having that discussion for probably eighteen months since I met you. <laughs> I'm just glad to see uh, that you finally made that 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 plunge. You remind me a lot of myself several years ago. In people will tell you, hey, this is the next step. You need to move, and you kind of would resist it a little bit. Same with I remember you went through that with Mojo for a little bit, right? Right with the, the, the with the power dialer, I didn't. I, you know, just uh, just got to a point where uh, I decided I could justify the cost to save time, be with my family more, and still increase my income. Well, what's funny is guys like you are are success. That there's a difference. Is some agents will be, you know, learn something, and they just won't do it because they don't do anything right you probably like me resisted that step for a while simply because you had your focus on what you felt was right with your business and the direction you're going with it. Ultimately, you're going to have mentors in your business or role play partners or coaches that are going to tell you things and they're going to have a lot of good advice. But at the end of the day, it's you that's directing your business, right? Right. And, and so you've got to make those choices for yourself and your organization when it's the right time, sometimes a coach and a lot of times a coach and, and role play partners, they can support you and influence you. But until you make that mental decision, it's, it's not going to happen. And it, it all works out right. I mean, cause you're two years in the business. How many deals have you done so far this year? This year, year to date, I've closed uh, 15 and I've got uh, four pending as well, uh, still for the next month. So, so that, that's the end for May they'll close or for June they'll close. They'll close in the month of May. So, so by, by May, of, you'll have total of 20, how, 20, how, or, how many? 20, 
20 if I can close the 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 five or the four or five penny that I have. Also wrote another offer though just this week. So uh, hopefully by by first week of June, my goal is to be right around 21, maybe even 22 if I can put one more together. So let's say it's 20 though, right? Right. And w that will be five months. You're doing four deals per month now. Right. That would equal 48 transactions, give or take. You're on track for about 50 deals this year. Did I lose you, Rodney? Uh, we're we're cutting out a little bit, but. I heard you say track. I heard you say you're on track for 48 deals. So you're on track for about 48, 50 deals. Is that right? Yep. What is that as far as is revenue? What you're projected for revenue this year? Uh, my average gross commission is about six thousand right now. So my goal at the first of the year was to net two hundred thousand after expenses and everything. Um. So you're shooting for the 200k in your pocket, then is the goal. Right, 200k after all expenses, salaries, etc. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's a pretty healthy. And how how old are you? I'm 28. 28. I'm 28, making 200 grand a year. That's a pretty good spot to be at. Who have been your biggest mentors, and what have you learned from them? Uh, well, my biggest. Uh, let me see real quick. Hold on, Colton. You take these guys on a tangent for three minutes. I'm gonna run and grab a power cord. I realized I didn't bring okay. it with me. I'll be right back <laughs> to answer that question. All right, guys. So uh, we're going to take a quick break, and I'm just going to talk to you a little bit about some of the, the things that we've got going on. I've, I met Rodney probably about two years ago, maybe, maybe a year and a half ago when he was first in the business. He, he was watching some of my YouTube videos, gave me a phone call and said, hey, Colton, can I come up and shadow you for a day? And I'm like, sure, man, come up. He came up and shadowed watched um, watched me prospect at my office there in Kaysville and even took me to lunch and watched me scarf down some sticky fingers, I think. Wasn't that what we had, Rodney, with sticky fingers that day? Yeah, yeah. So I heard a little bit of the story. Sorry, I, the That's computer okay. was about to die. I didn't want to lose you. So to answer your question, I can you, I can tell you're, you're uh, telling the story, Colton. So two years ago when I decided there's got to be something better in real estate than waiting for my friends to call me, I started watching YouTube videos on Facebook, or sorry, YouTube, YouTube videos on YouTube. And uh, I started coming across the ones that you do for prospecting. And then I noticed your phone number is an 801 number. I thought, hey, that guy probably lives pretty close to me. And uh, so, yeah, I remember giving you a call out of the blue, didn't know you from Adam and just said, hey, I like what you do. You're on, it looks to me like you're killing it. Can we go to lunch and, and chat? Yeah, And I, I think that was probably one of the best decisions I made in real estate was to reach out to somebody I didn't know that I thought he's living the lifestyle I want. And I think that's where it all came together. We ate sticky fingers and chat and ate popcorn at, at wingers. I think <laughs> that was our first date. It was a great date. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So with, with that being said, one thing I want to point out to you guys viewing this, this interview um, Rodney earlier said that, you know, he'll read content from guys that are doing 150, 100 deals a year, people that are producing at a higher level. Uh, that's one thing I'm excited about. By the way, Rodney just joined Keller Williams, what, two, three, four weeks ago? How long has it been now? I actually joined back in mid-December, so I've been there a couple oh, five months. <laughs> I felt like it was just yesterday. Wow, what was yeah. I off? Yeah, it so does. Five months. I just uh, realigned with Keller Williams uh, two days ago. Um, and... At my personal office, I'm not sure what yours is like, but mine, I'm, I'm at my old office. I was used to being one of the top one or two producers at the office. And now I've probably number four or five down the line of producers. And it's like these people doing 125, 150 deals a year. It's like, wow, what are they doing differently that I can learn from? And that's one of the first steps that I've always taught with winningdinnergame.com is follow a proven system, a proven model that literally gets the physical results that you want. I want to point out some language that Rodney used is he felt that I was living a lifestyle that he wanted and he connected with me to learn, hey, what was I doing, right? And since then, man, I've learned a ton from you just from, from our role plays and just getting to know you. So I appreciate you reaching out to me. But I want to point that out to you guys. Get aligned with someone that is doing what you want, literally having the physical results. You've probably noticed this, Rodney. There's a lot of agents to talk about theory, right? Talk about here's what you could do to have success. But their success is 
non-existent. They're maybe doing five, 10 deals a year. Have you ever noticed the agents that talk about doing it versus the agents that actually do it? Have you noticed that in, in your experience? Yeah. In, in my first office, yeah, I spent a lot of time being coached and mentored by, uh, by people who had the right idea, but they just weren't getting the paychecks behind it. You know, they weren't really doing the things. And some of them were giving me great advice. They just weren't things they were even doing. And so it was yeah. interesting to me that, that people were coaching me to call FISBOs and expireds, but you know, they probably hadn't called one in four or five years themselves. That's so funny. I remember Bob Leffler, he talks about um, how one of his first trainings, the guy was teaching some for sale by owner scripts and, and how they worked. And he, and he went up and asked how many for sale by owners he did. He said, I, I'd never done for sale by owners. So he was learning for sale by owners from a guy that never actually done them until he just figured out that didn't work and he went and mastered how to do for sale by owners. How, how many of your deals come from FISBOs versus expireds versus SOI right now? 40% um, of my business total this year has come from, uh, from FISBOs and expireds. The other 60% is my database, my people farm, my SOI. But between, FISBO, between FISBOs and expireds, I probably do roughly – 20% both. I think I've got uh, four or five FISBOs closed and three or four expires closed on the year. And I know you've talked to me about this before, and I've even looked at this in my business, and um, you probably spend less time working your referrals and your SOI, but that generates more, more of your business. You probably spend significantly more time calling uh, FISBOs and expires and, and um, follow-ups that do less business for you. But why do you spend your time doing that if it actually generates less business for you? Well, that's a good question. You know, with your SOI, I get to a point where you can only contact the people you know so often. You know, I may have a database of about 250 people that I would say are really good, valid SOI contacts. Um, I email them once a month. I send them a postcard once a month. And I give them a call four or five times a year. Anything more than that, in my opinion, is overkill. And, uh, you know, you, you don't want your SOI and your family and friends to start hiding from you. So you need to make sure that you're contacting them and that, that, that you're not just pouring on them every single week about real estate. I think there's still a very deep relationship that has to go into working your SOI the right way. So with all the extra time, you have to ask yourself, okay, I've contacted everyone I do know. There's 1.5 million people in Salt Lake County that I don't know. I wonder how many of those people are leads. So yeah. then I then I go to the top three or four or five categories that in my book I've determined are the best lead sources for me. And I fill in the time I don't spend on my SOI to try to generate a bigger database so I'll have a bigger, a bigger SOI down the road. So, so you see prospecting physical expires, even though you'll do maybe only 40% of your business from that directly. Indirectly, it's, it's adding to your book of business long term, right? Oh, absolutely. Yep. You know, uh, closing uh, anywhere from 15 to 20 FISBOs and expireds a year will generate roughly $100,000 of gross commission income. But now I'm starting to get referrals and pass, uh, you know, re re repeat and referral business from expires and FISBOs I closed last year. So now, now all of a sudden, Mr. Johnny FISBO that I, that I only sold a $200,000 home for is sending his brothers and sisters to me this year. And so it's just a great way to to build your network and meet new people. Some of my biggest referral uh, clients are FISBOs that wanted nothing to do with me last February, and then I ended up working for them. Yeah, some of my, my best uh, clients were for sale by owners. And actually, one of my good friends now is, I met him from a KSL ad and listed his house. I was actually the 17th realtor to um, talk with him and only one of the few that actually met with him sold his house and made him more money. And now we're friends. We literally like have family time together and, and go to dinner together. So it's pretty cool. The people you can meet just by reaching out to, to others. I wanted to go back to that question because your, your phone charger thing got in the way. So who's been some of your biggest mentors and what you have you learned from them? So I would say the fundamental um, at the fundamentals of it all, Colton, I've probably learned the very, very most from you. You have aligned me with, with Coach James, who's made a big difference in, in my personal business. Um, James has been probably the biggest mentor. Uh, for those of you that, that don't know James Hoteling, I think he's fantastic. Um, but at the end of the day, anybody who gets involved with a very highly skilled trained coach is probably going to have similar results. I love James for a lot of reasons, and, and I appreciate you, Colton. 
I, I think you two, as well as two or three of the role play partners I've had the last two years have probably shaped and molded the next 10 years of my business of what I want to do and what I want to become. Yeah. Nice. That's perfect. And uh, well, I appreciate that compliment that I've uh, helped you out that because you've been a huge um, learning partner for me as well during prospecting and, and just being a hard worker. You um, also, I think you mentioned that you're, you've got aligned with fearless agent and um, on demand product. Is that right? Yeah. So I did. I bought, I bought the fearless agent um, listing presentation or the, the whole package really. I had it mailed in my house. I'm still going through, I, I just got it actually in the mail a couple weeks ago. So I'm in the process of still learning those presentations, but, but I love it, the pricing presentation. And, and not to mention the Facebook group. You know, I, I, I'm one who logs into that Facebook group every single day to see what agents like you and the other, what, 3,500, 4,000 agents are doing to, to make business happen. Absolutely. So being, being one of Bob's uh, clients as well as being one of those Facebook uh, members has been has been awesome. Well, and the thing about those presentations, I think they get a little overwhelming for people because it's like, I've got to learn it all right now. And you're never going to learn everything right now. That's that's actually number two on what I of my what my four basics that I say that create success in your life. And it's as Earl Nightingale says, success is the worthy or the realization of a of a of a worthy ideal, right? The progressive realization of a worthy pursuit or ideal. And so it's, it's the learnability or the coachability index, the willingness to learn, the willingness to change. And you've always got more to learn, right? Would you agree with that? There's always something more that you can adapt and learn. With those presentations, you know, I, I re recommend you start in sections. Use what works for you and what doesn't, don't use for you, right? But I can tell you that that right there has been the core of my business in, in getting to where I'm at today. So I'm glad to hear you're part of that. Let's let's go on. I got a couple more questions for you, and then maybe we can start opening up to the, the questions for everyone else. Um, do you have a team, or are you a solo agent? I think you kind of answered that. It's just you and an assistant right now, correct? Yep. Right now, I'm a solo agent, and I have uh, just my assistant in the office cranking away. So okay, so it's it's you and an assistant just kind of cranking away. What is it that you do, and what is it that your assistant does? That's a good question. So when I hired my assistant, I wrote down a list of about 150 things that I do on a weekly basis without an assistant. And, uh, you know, things like prospecting, uh, preparation for listing appointments, uh, KSL ads, everything down to writing checks to my office. Um, and what I did is I just went down and starred the top 15 or 20 things that actually make me money. You know, talking to friends and family, following up with past clients, cold call prospecting, listing presentations. And every other thing that didn't have a star by it, I've written a plan to help my assistant take from me. You know, if it doesn't help make you money, you as a real estate agent, you want to spend all eight or nine or 12 hours of your day doing the things that generate the most, you know, dollar activities. And so that's kind of how I've tried to do it. How, how much of your business this year is seller versus buyers? Um... Right now, I'm at about 65% uh, closed sellers and only about 35% buyers. I've done a so lot more of this this year. In the last two years, you've really shifted that because you were really probably flip-flop buyer-seller two years ago. So how has that created more of a lifestyle for you that you want by flip-flopping well, that? It's just been great. You know, uh, listings um, – uh, of course, the listings are the way you leverage yourself. If, you, if, you, if any of you guys have read the MREA book, um, it talks a ton about listings, lead generation, and, and leveraging yourself. And, and so by not showing buyers homes every single night and all Saturday, I get to spend that time home with my family. And I spend my business hours contacting sellers because, nice. because you can do marketing from anywhere and you can use your professional knowledge to get listings sold anywhere and anytime. And I'd rather do it from 8 to 5 during the day rather than at nighttime. Yeah. Amen to that. What is the next thing that you know you need to get great at with yourself and your business? The thing that I'm keyed up on right now, Colton, is just, it's back to the basics for me. I'm doing a lot of script writing and script practice. You know, uh, in most professions, I, I think things tend to go in a cycle where you'll get great at your scripts and you'll set a lot of appointments. Then you'll get really great appointments. You'll, you'll get a lot of listings. And anyway, I've kind of gone full circle and I'm back to the, I need to schedule more appointments for
for the people that I talk to. So I'm writing my scripts out. I'm actually writing objection handler trees. When somebody says something on a phone call that I don't have a great answer for, I write it down and I practice it with three or four people. So that's kind of what I'm focused on today. And uh, hopefully I'll start getting more appointments again. When you go through these cycles, right, because where your focus goes, your energy flows, so you'll get good at your presentation, and then you're like, freak, dude, I'm slacking on prospecting, so you get back on that, and your, your presentation will slack, but as you kind of go through this cycle of getting better little by little, and, and it will gradually increase all of them, right, you, you just get better by constantly focusing on them over time. What are your future goals and the future vision for Rodney Mills and your sales team? You know, I, I really want to take this thing big. I see the potential. I feel like I work hard enough to be one of the greats. And mm -hmm. I really want to be somebody who does 100 plus transactions, has a team around helping support me so I can take more vacations, so I can spend more time with my family. And then one of, the, one of my favorite things about the, about the business, Cole, and, and you're the same. I know you well enough to know that you're the same. I love to give back to other agents. I had an agent this week contact me just like I contacted you two years ago and say, hey, I'm a new guy. I want to go grab lunch. What do you have? I, I ended up sitting there for 90 minutes with the guy and just trying to share with him what it is you guys have shared with me for two years. So long term, I would love to be somebody that agents can call and just say, hey, you've done this. Do you have five minutes, 10 minutes, a couple hours to help me do it too? Perfect. Yeah. So giving back is huge. The more you give, the more you get. I learned that uh, from Floyd Wickman, Bob, when I first started, it's the get by giving philosophy. And the longer I'm in this business, I realize it has nothing to do with what you get, it has everything to do with what you give. I talked about this in our mastermind with AJ and Brian a few weeks ago, or maybe even a week ago, I can't remember, but the idea of your why, what's your big why, you know, I know Keller Williams talks a lot about that. And not anchoring that to, to you so much, but anchoring it to what you can do for other people and, 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 and serving other people. And I, I, that to me is what life is all about is how can I create value for other individuals? And in return, my life is just going to be great. That's just how it is. So I appreciate you bringing that up. That's a good point for any agent that out there is watching. Instantly remember there is an abundance of opportunity out there. And the more you serve others, the more you do the right thing the better your life's going to be. What, how, how big is your marketplace that you work in? It's, I, I, I try not to leave Salt Lake County. Salt Lake County is a pretty big area. Although and, you little sucker, you came up into to Kaysville recently. Yeah, I did take a listing right in your neighborhood last week. You did. Or yesterday. But yeah. it, Salt Lake County is where I specialize. There's even parts of uh, Salt Lake County, the western parts where I just don't spend a lot of time. If I can't drive to a listing appointment in 15 to 20, maybe 25 minutes max, I won't prospect that group. All my expireds I cut off at the, at the borders of Salt Lake County. I just find if I don't, I'm driving too far. I'm meeting with people way too far. And once again, it's a leverage aspect. I start losing time because of who I'm trying to work. And there are actually parts in your marketplace where you actually have to wear a Kevlar bulletproof jacket, right? <laughs> I actually live in that area. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, what do you do daily to stay mentally tough and win the inner game? You know what? It's different every single day. You know, my kids bring me a lot of joy. And so sometimes it's just waking up in the morning and 20 minutes or so before I leave for work, sitting down and watching a, a show with the kids or, or wrestling them around or, or just hanging out. I love family, and so my family really gets me jazzed up. Sometimes it's reading a book. The other day, for instance, just this Wednesday, I woke up at 6.30 and, went, and I ran three miles before I went into the office. So I was super jazzed up that day too. So I think it's just four or five things. You Anything ran three miles? You ran three miles? Ran three miles, yeah, and, and that's big. Most, you know, there's probably guys on this call who do that every day. Three miles, I'm actually doing a team relay next week with my wife and some of my brothers, so I got to get trained up for it. Do you know, you know Joe Reardon, right? Yeah. Dude, so we were at the uh, production retreat a couple years ago in San Diego, and I remember he would like wake up and go like run like eight miles, and I'm like, what the frick are you doing, dude? But we were like out of town, <laughs> and he was running like eight miles. I'm like, all right, that's cool, man. <laughs> No, good on you. I mean, that's that, the older you get, the more it's like um, 
you do it because not like you want to be all fit and sexy. Maybe that is important for you, but it's more like I want to be healthy and live a long time and be with the people that I love. And if you don't do things like that, I mean, think about that going on that run and you hadn't been running a lot. I imagine you're not like an avid runner running marathons. Am I correct in that assumption? But going on that run, it was something different than what you have been typically doing. Right. And it got you out of your, your normal patterns. It shifted. And and how did you feel completing that three hour run? It it felt awesome. I, uh, yeah, I, I came back, got ready to rock and roll by the time I got to the office and, and I was ready to prospect. I was really ready to hit it. Um, yeah. So you just, you just felt different, right? You just felt better. And I imagine, was it outside or on a treadmill? No, is that I can't do tread. I have treadmill in my house and I think I've been on it one time. I always go outside. Dude, we had, <laughs> we had a treadmill at my house for like eight months and my wife conned me into buying it. We got on like KSL.com for like 200 bucks. And she used it like once. I was so upset with that until I actually used it so much till it broke. And then I just gave it away. So yeah, don't let your wife trick you into buying stuff. You know, she's not going to use. <laughs> okay. And well, I think that's a lot of the questions that I have for the day. Is there anything else you personally would like to add? Actually, here's one question I would like to ask. What advice would you say to a new agent? I would, uh, there's so much. I think at the 50,000 bird view uh, level of real estate, I would uh, I would say focus on the three things I found important my first year. Number one, prospect daily. Number two, build a database with the people you talk to. And then number three, work on your scripts. Learn the dialogues and phrases of real estate language that help you sound more confident than the other people who don't practice. I actually did a YouTube video myself I believe it's called uh, uh, three top uh, key components of real estate success or something. And I talk about those three key components. That's what changed my business, Colton, when I started doing those three things daily. Hitting the phones or the doors, building database of people I talk to and practicing my, my scripts and my presentations. Perfect. So we've got a couple questions here. One is from Roy Harrell. I believe he is, I'm not sure, I think he is part of the fearless agent movement. He asked the question, have you tried the Keller Williams Bold training program? Uh, that's a good question. I actually just turned it down two weeks ago. It just started my office. The reason I personally turned it down is it's an eight-hour program for eight days. And so that's, I don't know, that's 60, 60-something 60 hours in the classroom. I just couldn't get myself to spend that much time in the classroom. So I've done some reduced uh, time trainings. I've done some other Mike Ferry things, and I've done some other prospecting coachings. But I did not do both just because of the investment of time that they wanted, but it's probably a great idea. I'm sure they will rope me into doing it sometime in the next year. <laughs> you haven't fully partaken of all of the Kool-Aid yet that Keller Williams has to offer. I haven't. And I will tell you, I'm a huge fan of Keller. I love almost everything that they offer, but it is time consuming. So that's another thing about running a real estate business. You have to decide what's the best use of your time because you can go to trainings and class all day, but that's not going to help you and your family. So I made the personal business decision not to do bold, although I probably will in the future. It sounds like a great program. What's cool about Keller Williams for you, Rodney, is it's like you're part of two religions, right? You're part of the LDS religion and the Keller Williams religion, and they're very similar, right? They've got <laughs> you've got companionships, you've got home teachers, right? Yeah, so it's it's really great. <laughs> I went to listen to Mike Ferry speak once in Ogden, and he said that Keller Williams ripped off their business model from the Mormon church, and it just made me laugh ever since then. Because you think about it, the Mormon church really has an amazing business model, right? Right. And I don't know what the official numbers are. I think the only thing you can really find online was in the mid-90s that CNN had estimated the the LDS church's worth of like $32 billion. I'm sure it is substantially higher than that now, and, and it's not disclosed. But to be able to run an organization that creates that much revenue and, 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 and that runs so seamlessly and gives back to so many people, you know, you look at Keller Williams and their model and – really growing from, I think it was the seventies or eighties to, to today being the number one company, I think as far as was agents, uh, maps training is one of the number one ranked training programs in the world right now yep. to be able to run a system in a model like that. It's, it, it's really, it's amazing actually. 
to, to get to that level. So um, we got another question here from, I think I'm saying this correctly, Lauren Lovett. If I'm wrong, I completely apologize. I'm not the best at names. What are you doing with your buyer leads because you are focusing on sellers? That's a good question. So that is an awesome question. So I am still working buyer business, but I'm just being more choosy. You know, my first year in the business, I would chase uh, $75,000, $100,000 pre-qualified buyers around, whether I had a buyer broker agreement or not, thinking I could convince them after showing them 15 homes that I was the guy for them. So I still love buyer business. I still put it in my database and I still prospect them just as hard, but I'm choosier. I like the higher price points and I only want to show homes to somebody who's come into my office looked at my business model, signed my contract and said, hey, you're our guy. Because I've spent a lot of time chasing people who didn't buy with me. And so I find that if I weed the people out that aren't 100% committed, I'm saving time. And then I can take more listings as well as only work the cream of the crop buyers that come my way. So you're saying you don't just run around showing homes. Was that right? Yeah, exactly. Was that what you found in 2013 you did you did a lot of is you would run around and just show homes? I did a ton of that. You know, I bought a lot of Zillow leads and a lot of Trulia leads and I was under this assumption that if I just show at the home and let them in, they're going to like me enough to say, "Hey, you can show us every home." And I lost probably 50% of the time on that. So, I knew I had to get two Zillow leads and get both of them in homes to get one deal closed. And because I didn't know how to prospect, I thought that was the only way that I would ever close high volumes of business really quick. I was running around with right. the, your head cut Once off. I learned how to prospect, a lot of that changed. And then I didn't have to chase those buyers down who wouldn't verbally commit or come meet with me or, or you know, uh, care about my business plan as much as some of the other people. Well, what's funny is they didn't care about your business plan as much because you didn't care about it as much, right? So exactly, yeah. you you attract that reflection. The more you care about it, the more you establish it, the more you'll find people that respect it and are looking for that. So it's fair to say the difference is, is, is you've just kind of determined differently what a lead is for you, right? So a lead for you is someone that's willing to come in and sit down with you and meet with you to where you can sign a contract and become a customer of yours. So you really just, you spend more time talking to people that will meet with you. Is that right? Exactly. My goal has shifted from get somebody into a home with me to get them into my office with me. If I can get them into my office and present with our technology, with my team, uh, with the atmosphere there, I have a lot better chance of closing them on a home rather than if I just go meet them at their neighbor's house that they want to walk through on the open house with or something like that. So in a nutshell, the answer to the question is you're, you're just actually treating the leads differently. You're not giving them away or doing anything with them. You're just how you spend your time prospecting and qualifying was just different than two years ago. Exactly. Let's see. Anyone else have questions? Make sure to post it. I'm going to refresh this page, see if I've got anything else. Uh, looks like that's all we've got for questions. All we've got for questions for Rodney Mills is just these two. <laughs> what? you got to be kidding me. So anything else you want to add before we sign off? We're actually running out of time anyways. What, what questions do you have? Um, I, or not I'm just, questions, what do you want to say? I'm sorry. No, I'm just grateful to be here. I, I appreciate the friendship. A lot of people uh, on the uh, listening in or on the Facebook page ha have offered me a ton of counsel as I've tr tried to build my own business. And uh, so I appreciate you, Colton. And uh, I would say just give an honest day's work every single day. Build a business plan on paper, set your standards, right? Uh, setting standards is kind of what we just discussed with the buyer thing. Uh, set the standards of what you want to do and what you want to become. And as long as you, you build a, a business around it and give it a, a full day's work, you'll win. Yeah, that's absolutely right. The more clear you can get on your vision and what you want your business to look like, the quicker it will come to reality because it is literally you become what you think about most of the time. If, if you focus on, I want to work with qualified buyers, qualified sellers, you'll start to manifest that in your life. Oh, I got someone that just said, hold on. I'm not even quite sure what that is. Steve, are you going to have a question or are you just going to tell us to hold on or what can we do? <laughs> Steve's a funny guy. I like, I like him a lot. So, um, yeah, so, so create those standards. Let me just give one quick refresh because I think he said, hold on, I don't know if someone's going to post a question or not. Which is funny because on these things as well, Rodney, it's 
is as much as it is we say it's live, it's actually delayed about 30 seconds. So when we say something, it's 30 seconds less or, or behind. Okay. Let's see here. We just got one more question in here, but I wanted to see where it went. Oh, here is one from Roy again. Do you door knock at all, Rodney? Uh, in my first year in the business, I did a ton. Whenever I do door knock now, I only door knock expireds, but most of my prospecting, I'd say 90% of it is actually on the phone. Um, okay. So I don't do a ton of door knocking, uh, but if I am going to go out and door knock, it's, it's a really hot FISBO or a really hot expired that I've already talked to on the phone. Okay. So you do do a little bit of door knocking, but for the most part, it's all on the phone, right? And is right. there a reason why you, you phone call versus door knock? You, you know, it's, it's tough to say, you know, it, I like prospecting in the morning. It works in my, in my, uh, my schedule really well. I have found to be really successful at door knocking in my market. I have to do it from six o'clock to 8 PM at night, just because that's when most people are home. And so typically I stay on the phones cause I can get people on the phones all day. And, uh, I'm, I'm setting enough appointments on the phone that I, uh, I just do it that way, I guess. Let's be honest. There's a little bit of you that said the time you spent in Philadelphia, mentally you said, I'm never knocking a door again. Is that is that true? <laughs> Maybe that's it. Yeah, I, I, locked a, I knocked a lot of doors in Philadelphia, five, six hours a day. And yeah. I still, I still don't mind it. I still love door knocking, and I, and I do it uh, with, with specific people, but I don't do it for just, uh, just listed, just solds. I, I get the same results on the phone, and I can talk to more people that way. Perfect. So Steve did come up with his question then, and it is, I really need help getting past the mental block of knowing I'm going to get rejection after rejection after rejection when calling expires and FISBOs. Tell me to quit being a little pussy <laughs> and make me believe it. How do you get past that every day, that rejection? Uh, it, it's tough. Um, I, I think you got to focus on uh, – the, the small victories, you know, not everyone's an appointment. In fact, most people aren't an appointment, but what I, what I personally, did you say it was Steve Colton? Yeah. Steve asked that question. What I personally do is I, I've set my goals. I know how many appointments and listings and things like that, that I need. And I've done this process in this system long enough that I know if I contact 90 people, I'm going to have a signed contract. Mm -hmm. So because I know, sorry, getting a phone call, Colton, you're not calling me, are you? No, my phone's my phone's actually on air airtime right now or whatever it's called, airplane mode. Okay. But that's what I do. I know my numbers well enough that I know if I play the game long enough, I'm gonna win. And and so I, I think it's just a decision. Once again, the running in the mornings, the reading the books, one of the most important things is knowing your scripts. If you know your scripts and you sound confident on the phone, you're gonna win more and you're gonna hate the rejection less. One of the things that sometimes we, we feel in real estate is we feel like we can convince every single person we talk to that they're a customer. And truth is, it's just not true. We're looking for the diamonds in the rough. We're looking for very, very specific people. And we just need to learn that when we get somebody on the phone who's not one of those specific people, we just need to let them go. It's not they're rejecting you. They're just rejecting the, they're rejecting the process. They're just not your customer today. And, uh, I don't know. Just like you said, just do your best to get over it. What would you say, Colton? Um, I, I would say probably one of the biggest things, Steve, and I see this with a lot of people is the language that you use, right? Quickly, you believe that, I mean, you use the word pussy, right? And so you actually believe that you're a pussy on the phones. And, and if you have that mindset, then you're going you're gonna to be a pussy. That's just how it is. You know, you've got to go in and you create this mindset through affirmations and I love this one, Brian Tracy. Have you ever heard of Brian Tracy, Rodney? You know I don't Brian think I have. Tracy. So he's a, a big uh, sales trainer. He's been around for a lot of years. He's, I think he's mentored with Zig Ziglar, a lot of people like that. But um, he talks about one of the affirmations is that uh, he says, I like myself. I like myself. I like myself, right? And so you take a simple affirmation like that, and, and when you're in the shower or when you're eating breakfast or when you're driving to the office and say that over and over again, I like myself. I like myself. You can even actually use a mirror technique where you look yourself in the mirror and you say, I like myself. I'm a great prospector. I enjoy prospecting. I actually look forward to getting rejected because I'm one step closer to making more money. Another thing, Steve, that will help you get past that is start to track your numbers. 
Because when I can look at a contact and say just for talking to them, even if they tell me to piss off, I'm going to make $52, makes it a little bit easier to get told to piss off because they just basically gave me $52. So those would be the two things is track your numbers and, and get clear on your belief system. A couple books I would go read uh, immediately would be Psycho-Cybernetics, um, uh, Abraham Hicks, Asking is Given, also the book called Magic and Believing. So go read those books and work on your mindset. That's what I would say. One more thing, Colton, that I found I did, and this is different than most people. I started prospecting, like on those days where it's tough, I start prospecting with my door open. You know, there's a lot of agents who come to work and sit around all day. And when I was a young agent, I would start prospecting so everybody else could hear me because I don't know, there was something about that. There was something about that that made me feel empowered. I was working harder than everybody. Uh, people would, I, I used to have two or three agents that would come sit in the desks across from me turn their chairs and just watch me prospect. And so doing a few of those things or getting that credibility in your office, I started to believe in myself more because even the agents in my office were telling me, you work harder than everyone else. You prospect more than everyone else and you sound better than everyone else. Once I started telling myself that and I had other agents telling me that, then I couldn't lose and I just, from there it just took off. So I like to prospect it. I like to go to the bullpen sometimes where all the brokers hang out and just drink soda in the morning and just prospect in front of them. Anything you can do to empower yourself mentally. You can make it a goal is today my goal is just to simply prospect for two hours straight. And, and if I create that game, hey, I win if I just prospect for two hours. Whatever results happen don't matter, but focus on right now. I'm going to prospect no matter what it takes, and I'm going to be the best I possibly can be. Stop comparing yourself to other agents. I know agents will compare themselves to, to agents in their brokerage or agents on YouTube or agents in the groups. That's one of the challenges with Keller Williams' model that I think is there's a lot of comparing going on. You compare your business to another agent's model. If you can stop that and realize your only competition is yourself, focus on that, and you'll start to win a lot more. Okay, next question is from Shea. I don't know if it's Shay or Shea Dotson. says, what does your daily schedule look like, Rodney? So what I do right now is, uh, of course, I have some personal things I get up and do before I get to work. I get up and read a book every single morning. Sometimes it's time with my kids just based on the schedule. But I'm in the office on the phones prospecting every day at 8 a.m. Um, and I prospect from 8 a.m. to about 11 a.m. Um, before I had an assistant, I would prepare for presentations from about 11 o'clock to 2 o'clock. And I would also uh, transaction coordinate because I didn't have anyone helping me do that. Um, I, I typically take lunch from 12 to 12.45. But then from 2 o'clock to 5 o'clock, I'm either on appointments, I'm back on the phone prospecting, or I'm out knocking some of those hotter expireds or people I talked to that morning that, that sounded like good contacts. Um, so that's what it used to look like. Now that I have a brand new assistant, I'm working through uh, some of the courts of training making sure they know what they're supposed to do every day. But my goal is to be able to talk to, talk to people for eight hours a day. That's where I make the most money is when I'm talking to people. So whether it's on the phone, the porch, through Facebook, on web chats, whatever, my goal is to someday have everything taken care of so I can talk for eight hours a day to friends, family, past clients, SOI, cold people, because that's, that's what makes us the big bucks. So your day can be split up, and any top producer has this, prospecting lead generating in the morning. Yep. If you don't have an assistant, and even if you do, you'll just take a smidget of time. You'll check in with some administrative, and then afternoons and early evenings, I actually call it early afternoon or later afternoon, you're on appointments with people. And if for some reason you're not on an appointment with a person, you're sounds like you're out previewing homes or knocking doors or following up with more leads. Is that right? Yeah, I'll do that. Sometimes I'll log back into the dialer at 4 p.m. to 5.30, and start hitting expireds or fizzbos or, or, or once again, the same type of stuff I do in the morning. I figure, uh, once again, it's a numbers game. And if I don't have something productive taking my time, I'm going to be talking to somebody and trying to set appointments with them. Roy Harrell asked again, who do you consider a contact when cold calling? It, it, that's a great question. If I bring up real estate, I call it a contact. And that's with family or with friends. Now, I make a lot of contacts during the day to friends that I don't bring up real estate. You know, I play in a hockey team, so I'll call the hockey guy and say, hey, what time's our game, whatever. That's not a real estate contact to me. I'm not going to put that in my counter. But if I call and say, hey, who do you know that might be thinking of selling? Or I'm calling to see if you might be thinking of selling your home or 
Are you in the market to buy an investment home? If I, if I say anything like that, whether it's a cold, whether it's my grandma, I'm going to count it as a real estate contact. So in a nutshell with that as well, Roy, if you're cold calling and you're using the fearless agent script or a script similar to that, for example, it is, hi, I'm Colton Lindsay with Keller Williams. I'm calling to see if you might be thinking of selling your house. And they say no and hang up on you. To me, in my opinion, that is a contact, right? But I agree. If you call someone and you don't get that question out, they, they just hang up or you don't connect or you've got the wrong number and you're like me sometimes, you're like, oh, oh, well, right? And you just hang up versus asking that person, that is not a contact. So if you're talking to an individual that has an opportunity to make a decision on buying or selling or giving you a referral, that would be a contact in a nutshell. So great question. That is a Lauren, good question. Lauren Lovett asked, followed up with her, so are you referring – out the buyers you decide to not work with? And I, I don't think you are, right? If you're just having a list of prospects that you follow up and try to set appointments with, and if they don't set an appointment with you, you just do something else with them? Or what do you do with those people? Yeah, yes and no. Lauren, if I get a buyer that is uh, is really serious, but they're not in my county or at my price point, I do refer it out. I've got one or two deals under contract with other agents right now that I referred out. But if I can't get them to come in and schedule an appointment with me just because I can't sell them the idea of using me as an agent, then typically I don't have any other agents call them. Um, I, I just let them go at that point. Yeah, that's a good way to do it, in my opinion. What do you feel? Daniel asked you asked this question. Um, he's owner of Nashville Real Estate Services team at Keller Williams. We've got another Keller Williams agent out there. What do you feel is the best seller lead source to focus on right now, not including expireds and for sale by owners? Man, that's tough. I'm working on a few of those. Uh, I'm working on a few new ones myself because right now I've got those two. I've got SOI, I've got past clients, and I've got my database. Besides those two, the, some of the personal things I'm doing, I am calling right now, personally, like yesterday and the day before, I'm calling divorce attorneys and trying to see if I can connect with one or two or five of them because I closed a deal last year for a divorce attorney and those guys have more leads than you can shake a stick at. Same thing with just attorneys in general. I've got some attorneys that have foreclosed on some hard money uh, loans this year and every time they foreclose on a residential property, they shoot it to me. So I am doing divorce attorneys as well as just foreclosure and bankruptcy attorneys like crazy right now because I feel like you only need two or three of those guys and you'll have a couple deals a month from them. So that's, that's the idea with your SOI as well. Build up a sphere of contacts that will send you two, three, four referral leads a month, right? If you can have five people in your database that send you, let's say, five deals a year, and there's five of those. I mean, that's 25 deals just from those five core people. So I, I, I agree with Rodney. Focus on building your database, your referral business with people that will send you multiple deals a year. Um, and a, a great way to actually really step into your database is doing like Rodney actually just did this. You do a client appreciation event, right? You get to be able to around those people say, hey, thank you for, for participating. My answer with that would be is always number one is your SOI. That's what you need to focus, your have-mets. Number two is going to be, in my opinion, your people farm. The people that you have had some sort of a conversation with that had said, yes, we are going to be doing something to buy or sell real estate now or in the near future or maybe not now or in the near future but one day, right? And you create a campaign for them where you're contacting them by phone on a quarterly basis. You're mailing to – I personally mail to them twice a month to my people farm. So – I probably generate most of my business from my SOI, number one. Number two is my people farm. Then number three and four are FISBOs and expireds. And have you started a farm or people farm at all, Rodney, or are you, are you not doing that? I do. The, the biggest the biggest source of people farm people I get, though, are expired calls, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Only so it's, it's an expired lead that was maybe in fantasy land or – something changed, they had a family medical emergency or they just had a, a, a job change or whatever, they're not going to sell now, right? Exactly. Instead of just not doing anything, what do you do with that lead? Do you just call them later or do you mail them anything or do you email them? What is your process with that? So that's exactly what I do. For instance, I'll call two-year-old and one-year-old expired. They don't want to list today. If they didn't sell already, they're going to want to list someday though. So yeah. I'll put it in my database as people farm. I'll get their address. I'll make sure that they live at the home they were trying to sell. 
and then I'll start shooting them a postcard every week that's just designed for expireds or people farm style people. And three of the listings I've taken and sold just this year came from expireds I put in my database last February, March, and April. And all I did was email them once a month, send them a postcard once a month, and call them once a quarter. Just say, hey, I'm thinking about you. I hope you're doing well. If you ever need to know what your home would sell for, call me. They call me the minute they want it back on the market. So that's been a huge source of my business this year. And I get most of those leads from old expired lists. I try to focus too on that people farm of adding people that are in higher price points as well. I don't know if you do that much because, you know, I think I've, I've taken a couple of listings this year, three, three fifty, three, uh, three, yeah, one at three fifty, two at three fifty, one at 500,000 from the people farm that probably I'm looking back at them were expired at one point in the, I just added them to that farm. And instead of one postcard, I send out two postcards a month. So we're actually out of time, guys, by seven minutes. I apologize for going over. Rodney, signing off, I want to say thank you for being on. Any last words before we sign off? Nope. I just appreciate you guys. Thanks for tuning in. My cell number, if you want to call and ever and, and reach out and say hi, I'd love to chat with any of you. It's 801-647-1467. I'm available to chat anytime, uh, role play, whatever it is you want to do. I appreciate you guys. Awesome. This is Colton Lindsay. Make sure to go to winningtheinnergame.com. You can check out more about what I've got going on there and helping you guys win every single day, your mindset and winning the inner game of real estate sales. Also, for you guys watching right below, if you are inside of the link that I sent out to my winner circle email list, there is a button. Okay, I want you to look at this. It says, I'm going to look at it because I remember what it says. It says, click to join the fearless agent movement. I want you guys to click on that button. I want you to go to the next page, and I want you to get involved with the weekly training calls that my mentor, Bob Leffler, is doing. It is literally for $3.25 a day, $97 a month, four hours of the best real estate training you can get right now with two hours a month of just simple questions and answers on how you can develop your business. And also I would highly encourage on-demand coaching if you're not already involved in that. Thanks guys. We appreciate you. Rodney, once again, thank you. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. See you later. See you buddy. Hey everyone. Did you like this episode? Well, be sure to subscribe and share it with friends. If you want free content and world-class training on inner game, real estate, and turning the impossible into possible and the invisible into visible, well, visit me at winningtheinnergame.com and enter your name and email to the winner circle. We'll see you there.